I don't know. Something's going on, some kind of outbreak. Jesus, hope not. Aerial View with Chris Live End Times Talk Radio Friday 6 p.m. Eastern Time Call 760-422-5528 The Town NYC.com You have a podcast? Cool. Oh yeah, I invented them. Chris. Let him have it, 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 Chris. What kind of radio show is this? I heard his voice on tape and it really put the hook in there. Excuse me, make sure you have it. Many, many times. On both the white pros and the hopes. Somebody in the state of New Jersey and I don't care who you are. Chris, you get out of school. Let's talk. I'm sick of talking. You get out of I know how to talk to people. You might have this man go on the air and deliver a coded message. You're out of your mind. I'm not out of my mind. Oh, come on. Now, we're going to listen to what he said on the air. Because all we're dealing with here, after all, is talk show time against a man's life. And I don't see that as any argument. I can see you're really upset about this. serious responsibility. Show the man your power, big. Blast him! Give him some of that tone! Oh, man. Showtime. Won't you smile and blow me a kiss for this one? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Very auspicious beginning. Sure, the talk show. You know, people phone in and make a beef. Oh, what about? Whatever happens to bug you, that's what you talk about. Sometimes he agrees with the caller, other times he sets him straight. America is the strongest and most prosperous nation on earth. America is not going to be destroyed. I wish for your sake it were true, for your beliefs. Because America is a very great and noble idea. You're too right it is. It's a wonderful idea. But Rome was destroyed. Greece was destroyed. Persia was destroyed. Spain was destroyed. All great empires are destroyed. Why not yours? We are going to survive and triumph for a long, long time. <laughs> You put so much stuck in winning. I'll admit it. 
I will eat my neighbors. I'm not letting my kids die. I'll, I'm just going to be honest. My superpowers being honest, I've extrapolated this out, and I won't have to for a few years since I got food and stuff, but I'm literally looking at my neighbors now and going, I'm ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up. You know what? I'm ready. My daughters aren't starving to death. I'll eat my neighbors. See, my superpower is being honest. I'll eat your ass. Testing, testing. Testing, testing. Testing, testing. This thing on. Test. Hey, uh, we lost Lester Roadhog. Moran, I just want to say, it's good to know all you. All right, test one, two. Hope everything's all right there. Oh, we need more testing. Can you on. hear me all right? I test, can. Test. I can hear all you. All right. Fine. All right. Oh, it's so exhausting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, here we are, meeting once again in the end times. Well, it's somebody's end time anyway. Who knows? Yours, mine, somebody's. We're all ending. All the time, aren't we? Aerial view here on the Hound. NYC.com, where you can hear Hound Howls. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can hear Crash in the Party, the doo-wop chop-chop of the air with Mark and Miriam. Every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. This program is Aerial View. It's been around in one form or another since 1989. I'm an old, I guess. I'm an old. be 58 this September. 58. I can't believe it. I never thought I'd see the age of 30. There were days I didn't think I'd see the age of 20. I have far outlived my own expectations. <laughs> but I ain't never, I ain't never seen anything quite like what we're experiencing now. I interrupted myself. Aerial view phone-in talk show. The number here is 760-422-5528. Tonight's program is called Please Hold. No, I'm, I'm, I'm reviving our own old phone system here at the house because I'm tired of talking on a smart device, a smartphone, a cell phone, an iPhone, a flat black rectangular object. I'm tired of holding that thing up to my face. God knows what brain cancer it's giving me but even beyond that it's just uncomfortable i mean i i i i long for those old phone receivers of the past that you could cradle between your cheek and your shoulder for hours if you had to talking to somebody perhaps even long distance so i've decided to revive the old phones and uh it's a bit of a project. It's a, it's a pandemic project. I'm, I'm trying to keep myself busy with pandemic projects. I've been doing a lot of work on Aerial View, finding a lot more new stuff, new material, creating new graphics, all that crap. It all goes into the void. Who the hell knows where this thing's headed? All I know is four years ago, 77,000 votes across three states put a immoral incompetent in charge of the United States. And it's been hang on to your hat ever since. My life has definitely gotten worse. I don't know about yours, but uh, I lost my job. And I can tell you it was because of this president. I can demonstrate if you and I ever meet again in person, if we ever are able to spend some time together, I will draw you a map of why the election of Donald Trump led to the end of my job. So he took my job, now he wants my life. I mean, what the fuck? Why? 
why? Let's examine the reasons why while we wait for our uh, first swellness check with my friend Jeff Mashey, who I've known since I was 12. Jeff was on the show a little while back. Don't ask me the date. I don't remember. But he's coming back. He's joining us again to talk about what it means to work, to be the sole person going into the office. I think that's pretty good. I mean, not good for him. I just, I am looking forward to hearing what that's like. Let's just put it that way. That'll be in a few. But when I was a kid, if I was going to call Jeff Mashey, I'd pick up the old Model 500, Western Electric Model 500, which you couldn't even buy from the phone company, from Ma Bell, as they called the phone company. You could, you could rent them, the property. It, it was They were property of the phone company. Imagine that. And I remember when I was a kid, there was a couple of old phones. There was the Western Electric Model 500, your standard rotary telephone. You've seen it 150 million times. If you've seen a rotary telephone, pretty much uh, was in use from like 1954 to 2020, something like that. It's been around a long time. Uh, but my grandmother over there in Copaig, she had what I'm learning was uh, like an American monophone, as they called it. I, I remember that phone, that black Bakelite phone that she had. I could picture it in my mind's eye. Wait a minute, where... Yeah, my mind's eye, that one. It's me, Chris T, here on Aerial View until 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And then this show replays on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. And uh, it also becomes a podcast in between those two things. So it's a podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, whatever they're calling it nowadays. And uh, also... Spotify and Stitcher and sometimes on YouTube and God knows what else. Let me see if I can tie all these threads together. Tie all the threads together. Let's see. It's talking about old phones. It's talking about Jeff Mashey. It's talking about the immoral incompetent in charge of the United States. Talking about a few other things, but that's plenty right there. So uh, when I called Jeff Mashey not long ago, because again, I find I'm calling people more often, and apparently everybody is. We're all calling people more often. We want to hear their voice because we're stuck in quarantine. Where in New Jersey, we're rapidly approaching 9,000 deaths in the last couple of months from COVID-19. We've already, as a nation, surpassed the number of people we lost in the Vietnam War. We're on target target for 100,000 before much longer, 100,000 people dead. And I do believe by the time the election rolls around in November of this year, we could be looking at a quarter of a million people dead. Because as states begin to loosen up in an effort to revive the economy, to allow this immoral, incompetent, this corrupt criminal who somehow became president of the United States to allow him to try to uh, pin the blame somewhere else besides where it should be, namely on him and his administration of lackeys and bootlicks and lickspittles. So uh, very rapidly trying to spread disinformation, misinformation, trying to uh, pin this on China when it wasn't China's job to protect the United States or the citizens of the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And then COVID-19 is certainly, the coronavirus is certainly an enemy. It's wiping people out, left and right. There was a uh, animated illustration on the cover of the New York Times today because I, you know, don't get the paper anymore, the actual paper like everybody else reading online. But it shows you what happens when your your sacs and your lungs don't work properly. And they can't take in air because they're, 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 they're all infected. And they fill up with fluid. 
and then you're fucked. You drown in yourself. I had a uh, beloved aunt, lost her to emphysema, and my mother described it that way as drowning in your own lungs. And I thought, oh, that would be a terrible way to go. I don't ever want to do that. So I'm sitting at home, waiting it out, waiting this, this thing out. And God knows how long we got to wait. God knows how long it's going to take for, for something to happen. For a, a cure or vaccine. Some damn thing to, to make you feel like you're not taking your life in your hands, dragging the garbage out to the curb. Oh, and yes, you're sitting there going, Christy, aren't you overreacting? Isn't it? Re- it's not really that bad, is it? To you, I say, fuck you. Fuck you. It's pretty bad. We're surrounded by death here. Death, I tell you. Sometimes it feels like it's closing in. And then our immoral, incompetent, corrupt criminal president has his uh, lick spittle bar dropped the charges against Michael Flynn, a man who twice said he was guilty. Twice he admitted to what he had done, which was uh, try to establish the uh, foreign policy of the United States back channel when he wasn't even a member of any government yet. He was a private citizen, and you're not supposed to do that. But of course, of course, the permission structure that has been built by the immoral, incompetent, corrupt criminal president. Sweep that aside like it was nothing. Just swept it aside. Like it didn't even matter. Because to them it didn't. Because because to them anything that's done in the service of holding on the power is good. And everything else is bad. Democrats are bad. Oh, can't take it anymore. Let's do a swellness <laughs> check right now with our friend, old friend of the program, Jeff Mashey, somewhere hey. in central Jersey. And a very dreary uh, quarantine uh, Friday night. What are you doing on this dreary quarantine? Besides calling me Friday night, what are you doing? Well, What's your I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired this week. It's a long way. I'm a little tired. So I'm going the wine route tonight for my own personal happy hour. Uh, well, can you whine for about 40 minutes if you're going to yes, whine? Sure. All right. Well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to stay, uh, you know, I'm going to drink my wine here and I'm going to try to stay, uh, kind of upbeat with a couple of things. And I have some, uh, quarantine observations. Um, all right, I, well, I, you know. let's get right into it. I would, I'm low. I would love to hear your quarantine observations. What are those? All right, my first quarantine, let's start with the positives, right? Because no one talks about the positives of being quarantined. So one thing I've noticed has, and look, maybe it's just my head, but on days when it's very clear outside, like yesterday, doesn't the sky seem a little bluer than usual? Yes. Yes, it does. I was saying that to uh, Sweet Tea just the other day. I I was saying, I, I... No, this is going to sound bizarre, but the sky is, seems like a deeper blue. It, I mean, yesterday I, I went out for a walk at around 5 to 7, and, uh, you know, the sun had cleared, the wind had cleared all those clouds away, and it just, I, I, I you know, unless I'm, it, 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 the, the shade of blue just seemed very striking to me, and it's been that way now for a couple of weeks, which I guess that's a good thing, right? Right? I'm not going to complain about a bluer sky, a clearer sky, less pollution because less people are driving. I'm not going to complain about that. And somebody else commented to me that, you know, and I didn't notice this when I have to check this out maybe later tomorrow, that even when it rains, the smell seems pure. You don't have a, a like an oily smell when it rains anymore. You have more of a fresher smell when it rains. I haven't noticed that one as much. But I run that by a few people, and they were like, "Well, you know, yeah, I, yeah, sure, yeah, okay, yeah." Well, I suppose if you go outside, but I'm only going in the ah, backyard. That, so. Well, that's well. Let me. How 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 often do you actually go outside? Uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna be like Alex Jones. But if my superpower is being honest, I'm just gonna be on. What is that guy gargling with to get that voice? That, people are just born with that, man. That human piece of garbage. What is he? 
my superpower, <laughs> my superpower is being honest. I, I, well, if I'm being honest, I don't really go outside. I go outside in the backyard. I drag the garbage out front. The other day, I walked around the corner to donate some PPE to our volunteer ambulance corps. And mm -hmm. um, the, the, uh, one of the um, EMTs that was going on duty, she looked in the box and she said, oh, those are the good ones. And I felt really good. I felt like, oh, Why don't great. you get the good ones? Well, uh, we had, um, my father-in-law was in uh, rehabilitation for a stroke last year. And there was a situation at the nursing home and, and there was th a thing going around the nursing home. And they told us. If we wanted to visit, we had to buy some isolation gowns or wear isolation gowns. So Sweet Tea went out and bought a whole bunch of isolation gowns, and we had them still. Isolation and, gowns? I never even heard that phrase before. I like that, the isolation you, gown. You never heard of that? A little dramatic? I have heard the phrase yeah, isolation gown. People do weird things when they've been in isolation for too long. Well, what are you admitting? What, are you, what did you just admit but to? I've never heard the phrase isolation gown until you just said it. Well, Jeff. Don't you think now that you heard it, it would make a great name for a, a country and western song? Like who would who would sing Isolation Gap? I mean, can you get Dave Alvin on the phone? In my isolation gown. Well, someone said that contact, contact tracers would make a great name for like an eighties cover band. Yeah, I also think Murder Hornet is pretty good, but now now they're now they're downplaying the murder hornets. Uh, you know, Wayne, Wayne Hancock and the Murder Hornets playing isolation game. I swear, I said with all, I'm dead serious. I'm, I'm almost a hundred percent sure that I have seen a band in my lifetime called the Murder Hornets. I don't think you have, but hey, it's a great story. I love it. So, um, so I also went over to the Volunteer Ambulance Corps around the corner because I wanted to buy them some Chinese food because I, I thought. This would achieve two goals. One, it would feed them. And two, it would help my favorite Chinese restaurant stay in business because nobody's ordering, right? And um, I was even surprised when they answered the phone and they're still in business. I was a little bit taken aback. And uh, I said, hey, I want to buy some food and send it to the Volunteer Ambulance Corps. And they said, that would be fine. That's great. So I ordered $50 worth of uh, assorted food. Uh, appetizers and main dishes and then uh, about half an hour later my phone rings and it's the guy from the Chinese food restaurant and he's uh, he, he can't get into the ambulance corps he's like I said you know because I at first I thought he was trying to deliver it to our house and I said no it's got to go around the corner to you know the address I gave him the address and he said that's where I am I'm in front of that address and they they're telling me they didn't order any food so I and so I said okay <laughs> so he holds the phone up because it's social distancing, and and the, and the guy, the ambulance guy, is like, yeah, we didn't order any Chinese food. I said, no, I ordered it for you, and I went over there, and I told the people I was going to do that, and this guy goes, oh, well, it's a new shift. A new shift came on at 7 p.m., and I'm, I look at my watch, and I'm like, okay, so when I went over there, it was like 6.33, and it's now just after 7, and they thought somebody was what pranking them so i said to him well do you want some food and he said sure we'll take the food and they took the food and that was the last time i went out of the house to answer your question Jeff well Nation. i'm one of the few people i i'm i'm i go to work every single day i go to work monday to friday my office is a mile away uh i i basically kept the same regular hours that i've been that i normally keep uh, I am basically the only one in the building. Everyone else is working remotely. I actually prefer to go to the building. Uh, I, I think the routine helps me. I can get more work done in the office anyway. Uh, honestly, even though I have my own office, I sort of like having nobody around. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know I, to me, it's, it's, it's not all much different. In fact, uh, you know, what, the thing I compare this a little bit to is I feel as though I've been released from prison, and I'm wearing an ankle bracelet, and I have to go to work every day, but my movements away from work are very limited. I don't go that far. I can't do too many things. I mean, aren't, aren't those folks who are on work release, that type of thing, aren't their movements very limited anyway? Yes. So this is very, yeah. uh, very, very similar situation. 
Yeah. Well, I got to ask you, are they're not keeping that whole office open for just you, are they? Or are no, there other people? You know, people know I work for Rutgers, and I'll go into this a little bit, but not too much. Rutgers is not closed. I mean, there are buildings that, is closed, that are closed, but the university is, is, you know, the classes didn't really stop. That's the whole remote teaching thing. I mean, you would think it's, 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 it's closed if you walked around campus. There's nobody around. But technically speaking, the university is not closed. There's nothing happening. And, you know, graduation is not going to happen, which would normally happen at the end of May. But if I, you know, by definition, the university is not closed. But there are many things still going on that I need to deal with, uh, you know, many stuff I deal with for the first time. But the, the upside of that is, there's a couple of points, is um, for those that know the campus, I'm very close to Cook Douglas. For those of any know anything about Rutgers, Ag Field Day was a very big deal a couple, a couple of weeks ago. And, of course, we didn't do that. Uh, it was walking. I walk around the campus quite a bit when it's empty. It's very serene on a beautiful day. It's very nice. There's nobody around, and I find the feeling very exhilarating and depressing at the same time, knowing that you know normally this place would be bustling with life. But on the other hand, I'll admit it's kind of cool having the entire. I mean, I mean the entire campus and university more or less to yourself. You can usually just. You can walk around, you know, you can notice things you didn't really notice before. Um, so wait a minute. What, what, is, what, hang on. Is there any kind of, like, screw there keeping the place clean or anything? What, oh, what's yeah, the no, we have, yeah, no, absolutely. We have grounds workers and, and custodians and so on, you know. But, you know, it, it, you don't see them that often. A lot of them work, you know, during the day, and I'm not really doing it there during the day. A lot of my walks are at night or on the weekends. Uh, so I don't see that too much. But, no, I mean, the buildings still have to be maintained. The buildings that are open, the grounds still have to be maintained. Uh, so that's – and that's going to go on all, uh, you know, all all summer until we decide what's going to happen in September, which hasn't been decided yet. I mean, no – I don't think any university has decided yet. I know the guy from Purdue he said, oh, no, we're forging ahead. That's very nice of him to say that. But, look, it's still a ways away. So I uh, Let me ask you another question. Uh, uh, who was yeah. set? Do you, if you know, you, I'm I'm putting you on the spot. But do you know no, who was set? Ahead. Do you know who was set to do the commencement speech? This oh, year? who was set to do the commencement? Did I know that? You know what, my friend, I did know that, and I had forgotten who it is. I'm so sorry. Um, I remember it being somebody appropriate. Oh God, who was it? Because Obama did it a few years ago. We had Bill Moyers. Uh, you know, you know, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I just cannot remember. And they change, you know, for people that follow Rutgers, they've changed it. It used to, it used to be a much smaller area. Now they have the commencement at the stadium, which makes sense for a couple of reasons. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I All mean, right. no, Do you mind? Uh, Maybe no. I'll look it up real fast while you're on the phone, and uh, we'll see who the hell it was. Because uh, 2020, Rutgers commencement speaker. Just Google that. It should come right up. I but, wonder um, if they would do it virtually. I mean, is there going to be... A virtual commencement speech? It may be, but it, yeah, i got to understand what I do with Rutgers doesn't really involve the students, so it's something that I haven't really been involved in. I, I involve, my involvement is more with the actual day-to-day operations involving the employees, and that's what I've been, that's what I've been involved in. But, uh, you now, know, so uh, to the you, student situation I really haven't followed too closely. Oh, it's the, oh my God, I, that's who it is? Really? Wow, I just who found it, who it is. is. I, let me see if I can... Give you some clues. <laughs> oh, you know. Do you want to try to guess? I, I know. I just can't remember who is it. It was somebody I liked. I thought it was somebody you like. Hmm. It was somebody. It was somebody I thought was appropriate. Who was it? Uh, well, do you want to try to guess or no? No. All right, here we go. Your first clue is. Oh my god. He's got a. Uh, he's got a six-pack forehead. Six-pack forehead. Six-pack forehead. Yeah. Big, big forehead. He's got lots of real estate up there. Sam Donaldson. Not Sam Donaldson, no. John Lithgow. No, not John Lithgow. That's a good guess. Good guess. (laughs) His name rhymes with molester. Molester. I mean, hell, his name is in that word. I just gave away the game. <laughs> you can't guess from that clue? Really? The word molester is in his name? 
Well, his name is in the word molester. Oh, Lester, what's the, the guy from the uh, right, right, Lester Holt. Right. Lester right. Holt, that's correct, you are correct. Why wouldn't I not like Lester Holt? What do you have against Lester Holt? I, why did, I never said you wouldn't like him. What makes you, you, you sort of insinuated that he should ask your listeners that. You insinuated that you were like, oh, you like him? Uh, you, yeah, I guess you're right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize for that. Uh, Lester Holt was set to be the commencement speaker at Rutgers for 2020. So it's his fault. Why it's him? Fault. Why him, so, do you think? I, I did have a very interesting, something your listeners may find interesting. So what are people doing during the quarantine on the dating aspect? Uh, hmm. Well, I would imagine a lot of virtual dating and then maybe some mutual masturbation kind of stuff. What are you, what are you doing? I actually, I, I actually went on a uh, quarantine uh, date and had a lovely time. I can tell you exactly. It's too bad I, I gave away my little... isolation gowns. You probably could have used them. Cut a hole in there, you're good to go. This, we're clearly not on terrestrial radio right now, I guess, right? <laughs> uh, I would have said that anywhere. Terrestrial, satellite, hey, whoa, internet. Whoa. No, I know it was an online thing, and then we agreed to. And I said, you know, I have a place we can walk around, and there's no people around, you know, which was yeah, true. In case you have to pee because all the bathrooms are closed. We had a lovely, closed. lovely walk, a lovely bottle of wine. We kept more or less an appropriate distance. Um, uh, I'll admit there were no masks. That's just the way it goes. But it was a lovely, lovely evening, lovely time. So, and, and you didn't come down with the corona after? Well, you know, speaking of speaking of that, speaking of Rutgers, I'll take it to the next level. Um, Rutgers is quite the pioneer on the coronavirus and tests. Uh, we have a guy, his name is Andy Brooks, doctor, and very nice guy. I work with him all the time. He's the one who developed the saliva test, and apparently oh, it came out today. There'll now be an at-home test, and you simply send in the results. And yeah, that's all based on a Rutgers research. That's uh, so I, Rutgers. I, by the way, I want to applaud Rutgers. Uh, my, my sweet tea's alma mater. She's very proud of Rutgers right now, and we're very proud of Governor Phil Murphy as well. I know that the president, our immoral, incompetent, corrupt criminal <laughs> president, likes him because he's Goldman Sachs guy. He's a Goldman Sachs guy, but uh, <laughs> I I like him because he uh, is providing some kind of steady leadership through this crisis and. I would put put far more trust in, in him than I ever would in the immoral, incompetent, corrupt criminal president that we currently have in charge. Um, I sense some editorializing in there. I may be editorializing. No, I, I, I was saying earlier in the program that, you know, and look, you know that I spent uh, just over 12 years talking to truck drivers for a living. Yes. Right? And I, and I mm-hmm. say this uh, on this show, I say it often, I'll say it again. Uh, they were an early clue to a new direction because they got, they were very adamant that uh, that Barack Obama was destroying this country. They were they they were convinced that he was a Kenyan Muslim interloper who was going to destroy America as we knew it. And so, very succinctly put there, uh, Chris. Thank you. That's part of my job, is brevity. So they. They grew angrier and angrier as his presidency wore on through the second term as well. And they were primed. They were primed for the arrival of a fake billionaire. And again, Mark Burnett carries a lot of the blame for what happened because he polished that turd for how many years? He polished that turd and polished it until it shined. And we're talking about a guy who, like, never ran a successful business, who just constantly declared bankruptcy, he had to be bailed out by multiple multinational banks, repeatedly stiffed those banks and refused to pay back the money they had loaned him, repeatedly stiffed contractors that had done work for him, small businesses, repeatedly stiffed them. And then somehow he ends up becoming this paragon of business, sitting behind a duplicate of the Resolute Desk, 
from the White House on I don't know how many seasons of The Apprentice and Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, it was a whatever, lot. It was a lot. Yep. Until America really believed, a certain portion of Americans really believed that Donald Trump was like a business genius. Namely, what he had done for most of his life is A, lived off his, off his father's money, and B, hoard out his name, licensed his name, and charged people for the use of his name. This doesn't make a person a business genius, as far as I can tell. And I know very little about business, I'll admit it. But I don't think he's a business genius. And for years, I would hear from truck drivers, they ought to put a businessman in charge. And then finally, this guy steps forward and rides down that escalator, tells them everything they want to hear about how uh, scary brown people are going to take their jobs unless a wall is built and how he's going to make America great. And here we are, Jeff Mashey. 65,000 Americans dead in the space of about two months, and an economy in absolute tatters, in free fall. They're saying in the New York Times, uh, mainstream media, that uh, the, the share of the population that is employed is like, it's it, it's fallen off a, off a cliff, essentially. That there are now, the unemployment rate is now 14.7%, 20.5 million uh, jobs shed just in April. So we went from uh, less than 4% unemployment to 14.7% unemployment. Many, many people currently without a job. And he was basing his entire re-election on the economy. He kept crowing about the low unemployment and he would crow about the stock market. So what does he crow about now? Now what does he do? It's true, but bear in mind, this guy's, I mean, his base is the strongest, I think, in history. He's got 30 or 40 million people out there who, regardless of what he does, will vote for him, about 40% of the population, which has not wavered a percentage, which is very, either way, which is very strange. You want some breaking news? <laughs> uh, all right. It's not that breaking, all right, but you probably don't know it. Did you know that... Uh, Vice President Mike Pence's press secretary, Katie Miller, tested positive for coronavirus. Oh, yeah, I did, I did hear this. Keep going. Son yeah, of a Stephen bitch! Stephen Miller's wife has the coronavirus, right. Yeah. Oh, Stephen Miller, the fascist of Santa Monica? That's his wife. That guy? Really? He's got a wife? Wow. He married very recently. That was the big joke. After he used uh, the scalp dye thing he used on his head. Oh, you remember when he came out and he had clearly dyed his scalp? Oh, what a great moment. Yeah, Jeff, when uh, is this going to be over? I just he, every he's day. He's really the president's. He's the real right hand man, actually, of the, of the president. Uh, yes. And he's the right everything. He's the, the far right hand man, if you will. Yes. Stephen Miller. He's the guy that writes the speeches, right? So every time uh, our immoral, incompetent, corrupt criminal president gets up to speak, he's mouthing the words of Stephen Miller, yeah. the fascist of Santa Monica. And, uh, you know, I don't understand. He went from making those great felt like an eagle, all those great records and Joker, and, all, and he goes now to working for Trump. Different Steve Miller. Different from the counterculture to working for Trump on this. Different stuff. Steve Miller. That Steve Miller would never. The whoa, 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 whoa! That's a different Steve Miller. It's S T E P H E N. Yeah, that's not Steve Miller, the musician. Of course you know, not. the whole don't, thing with the. Don't that's be, not him. Don't be stupid. That's just stupid. I thought that was him. Really? No, the guy who did uh, I'm a Joker, I'm a Smoker, I'm a Midnight I'm a, yeah, Joker. That, yeah, yeah, I thought that was... No. Oh, oh, no. oh, all right. No, you're just being... Whoa, okay. You're just being facetious. I thought he looked really good for his for his age when I see the picture. Okay, that makes sense. All right, that's cool. Okay. Uh, I had a poster of Steve Miller on the back of my childhood bedroom door. Because uh, he endorsed Ibanez guitars, and I had an Ibanez guitar. And uh, somehow, I don't know if I got the poster when I bought my Ibanez guitar or what the deal was. But uh, for many years, that would be the poster that when my brother would come and pound on the door to yell at me about something, I would yeah. see that poster flap. It would flap from the air. So, like, a, like, like, like an eagle? It would flap like an eagle. I want to flap like an eagle to the hey, sea. Hey, listen, I have a serious question. I have flap a couple of serious like questions. Flap like an eagle. 
semi-serious question. So you're a musician, and I, I'm not a musician, but I enjoy music. So I'm sure you have many friends. I have many, many, many friends with the, uh, you know, the online concerts, you know, the streaming concerts, you know, and, ah, man, it's rough. It, it's, I respect so much of the streaming concert. I really think it's a, a wonderful thing. And I watch a few of them, and ultimately I just find them, I find them interesting and worthwhile, but ultimately just incredibly sad and depressing. Leaving a lot to be desired, eh? Because just, you, you, know, I mean, you used to go out and see, wait a minute, Jeff Mashey, Jeff, Ma- Jeff Mashey, let me do a reset, like we say in radio, so people uh-huh. know who the hell you are and why I'm talking to you. Oh, this right is my, uh, my, one of my oldest friends, Jeff Mashey. I've known him since I was 12. So that means, at this point, 45 fucking years I've known Jeff. It's a long time to know yeah, anybody. Pretty old. Pretty old. There were times when I, I didn't know if I would know Jeff anymore. But then he moved to New Jersey, and here he is, not far away. <laughs> and we can't even see each other here because of social distancing. Uh, so it, it, it's, uh, it's good to talk to you, but he is here. He was talking to us earlier about what it's like to work on a ghost campus, namely Rutgers, a great state university, the state university of New Jersey that has brought the world a mailable COVID-19 test. So, uh. Are we going to get those free in the mail? Have you heard anything about, like, are they going to mail us? I don't know. That news just literally broke today. I don't know enough about it. Uh, Murphy started talking about today also uh, testing asymptomatic people. So uh, that's going to be interesting as well. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, again, that, that news about the home test just broke, like, t- May 8th today. So... We'll see how it goes. But really, I mean, Rutgers is at the forefront of this research, which is pretty impressive and astonishing when you think about it. Just a, I mean, it's a, it's a good school, but it's a public university, so it's pretty cool. Uh, are you, uh, so you, I, I can hear the pride, the, the, what's the name of the, what's the name of the football team? I don't even know. I, Rutgers, the, the Scarlet Knights, the Scarlet, the Scarlet Knights. I can feel the Scarlet Knight pride. I can feel it oozing from your pores. Or is that the coronavirus? I don't know. So I'm, I'm hoping that Phil Murphy's like, you know what? We're going to mail you a couple of kits just for nothing. Come on. What do you think? You think he would? Sure. Sure. Why the hell not? Uh, sure. Yeah, I I would like that. I well. Um, so let me ask you again. Let's go back to the date for a minute because you met this oh, person. Okay. We'll go back to that because we never really <laughs> finished up on the date, and and, and I want to know about the date. So how, how did you meet right. the person that you dated? I I, I don't want to go into the specifics, but it was a typical online meeting, and then we 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 text for uh, a while, and then. Uh, you know, we, we, we were looking for places just to walk around, and I recommended, you know, where I work, there's not a soul anywhere, and there's a lot of open space, so it would be pretty safe. It's pretty open, pretty, you know, pretty socially distant, uh, all that stuff. And uh, she said, sure. And so uh, what were your first impressions? Are you... Uh... Oh, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go into personals. We had a we had we had a lovely time. It was fun to walk around uh, an empty campus, an entirely empty campus, which is actually quite pretty. Actually, the campus, uh, no one around, and then we sat in a public space that we would not normally. I shouldn't even say this, but I will. That we'd not normally probably be able to sit in and have a very lovely glass of uh, bottle of wine. You know. And a, a very lovely day. Very so lovely. I don't, want to give away, I don't want to give away my secrets about where Rutgers, uh, where these secret spaces are. So. No one's asking you for your goddamn secrets. I didn't ask you for secrets. I asked you no, how you were going to ask. First, you were, you were, you were there. You no, were two questions away. I, I, I asked you what your first impressions were. That's what I asked. It's fine. It's good. It's going to be good. You know, it's fine. It was good. It was, it was, you know what it was also? And I, you know, I'll try to be a little incisive here since that's what you're looking for. Or yeah, insightful. Sorry. Um, it, you know, I live alone, and I work alone in an office. I don't see that. You know, I do go for a lot of walks. I don't see many. You know, it was it was wonderful to have a little bit of uh, human contact. You know, it was really cool. I do you know? I mean, I, I mean, look, you've heard about this, but apparently, the human touch has like incredibly healing properties. I mean, people, uh, people being touched, being hugged, being held, maybe. Jeff Mashey, like you know that Temple Grandin, who 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 uh, 
wrote those books. I love about- that movie. I love I I like I love that movie a lot. Yes. Uh, yeah, who played Temple Grandin in that? that Claire was, Danes. Claire I watched Danes. the movie like four times. I, 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 I fell in love with both of them, Temple Grandin and Claire Danes, when I watched um, that movie. You know, she won an Emmy for that part as well. It was, uh, I mean, really, I didn't know much about Claire Danes. You know, I did a little bit of acting. I didn't know about uh, Claire Danes. I thought she was absolutely phenomenal. Anybody who's not seen this movie, I can't think of the name of it. I think it's called, I think it's called a Temple Grandin story. Um, Go find it and watch it. It's extraordinarily inspiring. Oh yeah, she um, she 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 goes to slaughterhouses and says, "Would you mind if I tore your slaughterhouse?" Because she's trying to find a more humane way. To, well, that was uh, the funniest thing, right? So her whole claim to fame, the one of her biggest, and she has many claim to fame, is that she found a more humane way of raising and killing livestock. I know it's a bit tough, right? I, I, by the way, uh, when's the last time you had any beef? Because I haven't had any beef since... Uh, well, it's funny you said I will share this with you also. I, so you folks out there, what I have found is I really have... I, I do go out, I buy my groceries, I do not have them delivered. You know, I go out and run errands like once a week. And what I have found um, is you go to places like your local Italian specialty deli or whatever deli you may go to, Polish deli, those places do not seem very crowded. They're very, uh, they, they love your business. There's an Italian deli I've been going to now once a week. I, I load up. They cook their own roast beef. I usually Can you mail me some? Can that. you mail me some roast beef? Would you mind? <laughs> they make their own mutts. Almost as good as the mutts that's made in, in Hoboken that you, I'm sure you're very familiar with. So, I think you um, mean mozzarella. You know, What's mutts? I've never said uh, mutts in my on. entire life. We're all, we are in New Mutz. Jersey. Come on. Come Please. on. <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm from New Jersey. Motherfucker, I'm from Jersey. You're from, wait a minute, neither one of us are from New Jersey. No, we're, we are. We are now, is what I mean. I don't mean previously. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wait, wait, here's the best part. You and I have actually chosen to live here. Of all the bars in all the world, she could walk into. <laughs> We have chosen to live here. We have made this our uh No, our home. I, me living in Jersey was more of an accident than anything else because Jeff Nagel, RIP, rest in peace, he uh he had gotten divorced from Donna, RIP. She's also gone now. Uh and Ugh. and I was visiting Donna and Dave. Dave is still around, still above ground as far as I know, there in New Orleans. Hey Dave, I hope you're well. And Donna mentioned that her ex-husband, soon-to-be ex-husband, Jeff, was looking for a roommate in Tanafly, New Jersey. And I called him up the next day, and I said, hey, I'm looking for a place. I want to get out of my house. And he said, I'm looking for a roommate. And next thing you know, a few months later, I'm living in Tanafly, New Jersey with Jeff Nagel. And then the rest, yeah, as I, they I, say... I, we came out almost at the same time for very different reasons. I might have been a little bit ahead of you, but I can't remember now. Uh, well, it was 1986 when I moved to New Jersey. Yeah, I, I so. think I think we moved in the same year. It's that close. I mean, I just took a job. That's the reason I was out here. Well, uh, I took I, a cheap uh, I took a cheap house share because I paid $200 a month to live in a four-bedroom Victorian house in Tenafly, New Jersey, with a big a nice backyard house. A nice house. and a double garage and just, I mean, like so much space and... Man, it was nice living there for five and a half, six years, something like that. That was a good way to uh, ease into, like, because I had never lived anywhere but home before that. So that was the first time I moved out of the house. And that was, and why the hell am I telling this story? Oh, yeah, because New Jersey. That's why. You know, I think the people in Tenafly still talk about the parties you've had in that house. Oh, we used to have legendary parties, man. There was one party <laughs> at that house one time where there was a barbecue in the backyard. There was a band playing, an all-female band playing in the basement. There was a poker game in the attic. There was dancing the records on the main floor. And then upstairs... That was there. Yeah. And then upstairs, there were people screwing in the bedrooms. It was like the most epic... Because I remember all night long, I would just wander up and down from the basement to the attic. I would sit in on a poker game for a little while. Then I would go down and watch the band in the basement. Then I would go out back for the barbecue. And man, we had moved in next to a doctor and his family, and he hated our living guts. He just... 
He hated us. I was about to ask you about that. And you had neighbors. You had neighbor issues, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had bad neighbor issues. We had a, we had one guy. We had the, the doctor next door. And I'm not making this up because you can't make this stuff up. I my superpower is being honest. <laughs> uh, he he moved away. He, he eventually moved away. He drove him away. I, said, we, I can't live next to these uh, I'm partying pretty, young kids anymore. I'm pretty these sure that uh, 21, 22-year-old Chris T. and Jeff Nagel, who was a little bit older than me, uh, drove him away. Yes, because we would have epic parties. We knew how to have a good time. Do you remember that party, <laughs> though, with the band in the basement and the poker game in the attic? I, I you know, I do, actually. I think because at the time I was living in Edison, New Jersey. Look at I how much moved, Ed, I, I, look at how much New Jersey has given the world. I hate when people run down New Jersey when they make fun of it, when they make it the the, the punchline of their stupid jokes. This state is an industrial powerhouse. It's given so much to the world, including this new goddamn COVID nineteen test. So you can all suck it. Anybody who's bitching like Mitch McConnell, oh, I want to slap his goddamn face when he says things like, you know, why should we bail out these blue steps, motherfucker? Because for every for every dollar that I send to the federal government, I get back maybe 91 cents. The rest of it goes to your state. For every dollar Kentucky sends to the federal government, they get back $2.61. So shut your fucking pie hole. We're keeping you afloat, you and that entire fucking state. So suck it. Well, I, and first of all, you're right. Second of all, to refer to it as a blue state is kind of ridiculous in some ways. We've had Republican governors. We've had Republican congressmen and, and senators you know right now it happens to be blue oh he's, but it hasn't always been that way so i don't i don't why why would he even say something because he's a like piece that? of shit why do you think you really need to go oh, searching I, for a I reason like forgetting it. he's a forgetting. piece Sorry. of shit that person he's a piece of shit that's why let me say it one more All time right, in case you didn't hear me let's let's you're getting a little riled up in the politics thing let me. I have another another quarantine question to ask you. So how do no, you? No, I, I have you probably a... talked about this, but go ahead. So how do you feel about all this Zoom stuff? Fucking hate Zoom. Fucking hate it. <laughs> I did a Zoom fiftieth birthday the other night, and that was so confusing. And the and most people have really the audio is really bad, especially. Yeah. And they don't. Some people literally don't know how to work zoom they didn't do the zoom i, I, I mean zoom should be with like four people when people have a zoom for like 20 people i'm like how is that even possible i did a zoom with like 36 people uh, that's, well, that's yeah. just ridiculous. ridiculous come on i know right. and and then the moderator of this particular meeting wanted everybody to introduce themselves and it literally <laughs> took like 30 seconds times 36 say, people it's so a like 40 minute session an, right an hour later <laughs> the meeting has yet to commence and i'm like oh shit <laughs> The Zoom, the Zoom meeting is going to go on forever and ever and ever and ever. Oh, it's good so to I talk recently, to you. You know, I'm involved in a couple of theaters. I had a very interesting experience uh, recently. Um, so a playwright friend of mine actually wrote a play to be done on Zoom. The premise is pretty cool. It was a uh, small, like, small church. Whoever you they do the, they do the Passion of the Christ, but... Obviously, they couldn't do it this year, so they had a Zoom meeting to discuss how they would do the play. And uh, so the play was written as a Zoom situation. Uh, and, it was, you know, it was, a couple of friends of mine were in it, and it was actually handled very well. Um, and then a friend of mine talked about how he has this idea, and <laughs> this idea for a Hallmark movie on Zoom. The entire movie takes place on Zoom. It's like this, this guy, this woman, they meet cute because she accidentally crashed the Zoom meeting. Then you could see the entire movie taking place over Zoom or text. And at the very end, at the very end, you could see them just like looking at each other across the room. So get your get your get your laptop out and I'm, start running I, away. I, I, I got to be honest. I'm a little tired of all the pandemic podcasts and the pandemic themed. Oh, have, this I, and, are there more? I'm serious. I haven't I, followed that. I, dude, the of we have increased. Just like we will soon have a million cases in the United States, there will soon be a million podcasts. And... If I have to read one more, that's like, a lot of podcasts. I'm not kidding when I say that because the last time I checked, which is uh, three or four or five months ago, that we were at 750,000 podcasts. So I have no doubt that we're now at a million. 
podcasts, which that's is of, that's a lot of that's a lot of talking. It's a lot of talking. And you know, uh, we keep encouraging people to make more every day. I see a thing about I've created this podcast about social distancing, and I'm like, I don't want to. I'm not going to listen to it. Isn't, isn't that kind of a narrow topic to have a podcast about? Uh, you and me both, brother. That's what I said. That's exactly what I said. See, we're simpatico, you and me. By the way, I wish well, I kept... Well, then there's always there's the list. So I, by the I way, I wish I had kept just... By the way... Ten, you know, favorite foods. Damn, now we're talking <laughs> at the same time. I wish I had kept just some of those isolation gowns so you could meet your new lady friend. Cut a hole in that thing <laughs> and have a good time. Come on, your new lady friend. Are you talking to her online? Are you uh, chatting her up on FaceTime? Oh, we, I, we, Chris. Yes, we've graduated to actual phone calls. <laughs> Old-fashioned phone machine call. I just made. Not even FaceTime like calls. Just want a phone hug? calls. It feels really good. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm doing tonight? Uh, uh, I will share this with you. And it's a, but uh, a play was canceled because of the stupid virus. So they're doing, the, they're doing a, uh, a staged, uh, I'm not even sure how they're going to do it. Maybe it's a Zoom, maybe it's not, but it's a reading of this. Uh, and look, it's going to be what it is. But you got to support the arts, right, man? You're you're an art supporter, oh, aren't yeah. you? Oh, yeah. By the way, go to ConeyIsland.com and enter the uh, oh, yeah. uh, Make a Funny I, I Face Mask Contest. It's really going... It's going great. There's a lot of masketeers out there, and they're submitting a lot of masks. So go there so what's when your, you can. Do you have a cool? Do you have a really groovy mask that you wear right now? Uh, it's black. It's a black mask. I wish I could have uh, "fuck Trump" embroidered on it, but that's not going to happen. So it's just a black. There's mask. no drawing or painting on your mask or anything uh, like that. No, but I bet the Misfits could really crank out some great merch, some mask merch <laughs> right now. Put that Misfits logo on there. Maybe if Ron from the Nihilistics is listening. Like a nihilistics uh, face mask, sell like gangbusters right now. Yeah, Jeff Mish was sort of ahead of the game with these masks thing. They were ready to go. I know. <laughs> I'm, I can't even take that anymore. Listen, uh, it's really good to talk to you. We're almost out of room. I hope I added something to the show. I had a good time myself. Yeah, you actually did. Except I, 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 <laughs> I do want to get you a hug machine. You, you need a hug machine, <laughs> like Temple Grandin, so you could, so you could get a hug. But let me go back to my miserable, lonely, quarantined existence. Yeah, listen to your country and Western music. Thanks. <laughs> country and Western music. Both kinds. Good to Both talk kinds. to you. Both kinds. Good take care, man. I'll see you soon. Be well. <laughs> uh, bye-bye. There, there he goes. Ah. Well, wasn't that, wasn't that something? Didn't you like that, ladies and gentlemen? Just spending a little time with a friend here on Aerial View on uh, thehoundnyc.com. And um, there's nothing more I would like than for you to drop in Sundays at 3 p.m. for... uh, Hound house. That would be fantastic. And then, uh, wait a minute, that's at 3 p.m., right? 3 p.m. And then at 5 p.m., crash in the party with Mark and Miriam, the doo-wop chop shop of the air. This show replays Tuesdays at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time, and it's also somewhere in between those two days. It's a podcast available wherever you get podcasts, so I would like you to enjoy that. As well. This one's going out to Jeff Mashey. Wherever the, well, I know where he is. He's in Central Jersey. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. But you don't like to be touched by people. No. You like to touch yourself. So when you got in your machine, did it make you feel like a cow? 
man is unfit. He should not be the president. It's as simple as that. Oh, it's very nice to meet you. I'd like to tour your slaughterhouse. Oh, it's very nice to meet you. I'd like to tour your slaughterhouse.